from the leader, but also the sales order of follow-up brands often matches the order of their introductions. The best example is ibuprofen. Advil was first, Nuprin was second, and Metaprin was third. That's exactly the order they now enjoy. Advil has 64% of the ibuprofen market, Nuprin has 20%, and Metaprin has 8%. The fourth brand that entered the market was Motrin IB. Even though it had the powerful prescription name for ibuprofen, Motrin's market share is even less than Metaprin. Keep in mind that Advil was introduced with the same as Motrin theme. Also consider Tylenol, the first brand of acetaminophen. Tylenol is so far ahead of the number two brand that it's hard to determine who is number two. If the secret of success is getting into the mind first, what strategy are most companies committed to? It's the better product strategy. The latest and hottest subject in business management field today is called benchmarking. Touted as the ultimate competitive strategy, benchmarking is the process of comparing and evaluating your company's products against the best in the industry. It's an essential element in a process often called total quality management. Unfortunately, benchmarking doesn't work. Regardless of reality, people perceive the first product into the mind as superior. Marketing is the battle of perceptions, not products. What's the name of the first brand of aspirin, the first brand of acetaminophen, the first brand of ibuprofen? Hint, substitute leading for first, and you'll have the answers to these three questions. Neil Armstrong was the first person to walk on the moon? Who was second? George Washington was the first president of the United States. Who was second? Thomas's was the first brand of English muffin. What was the second? If you're second in the mind, are you doomed to languish forever with Buzz Aldrin, John Adams, and some unknown English muffin? Not necessarily. Fortunately, there are other laws. Two, the law of the category. If you can't be first in a category, set up a new category you can be first in. Is marketing difficult? No. The laws of marketing are quite simple. Working things out in practice is quite another matter. Cray Research went over the top with the first supercomputer. Today, Cray is an $800 million company. So Convex put two and two together and launched the first mini supercomputer. Today, Convex is a $200 million company. Sometimes you can turn an also-ran into a winner by inventing a new category. Commodore was just another manufacturer of home personal computers that weren't going anywhere until they positioned the Amiga as the first multimedia computer. Today, the Commodore Amiga is a big success. More than $500 million worth are sold annually. When you launch a new product, the first question to ask yourself is not, how is this product better than the competition? first question to ask is, first what? In other words, what category is this product first in? Charles Schwab didn't open a better brokerage firm. He opened the first discount broker. Today, Charles Schwab is America's largest discount broker. Lear's was not the first women's magazine, but it was the first magazine for the mature woman. This is counter to classic marketing thinking, which is brand-oriented. How do I get people to prefer my brand? Forget the brand. Think categories. Prospects are on the defensive when it comes to brands. Everyone talks about why their brand is better.
but prospects do have an open mind when it comes to categories. Everyone is interested in what's new. Few people are interested in what's better. When you're first in a new category, promote the category. In essence, you have no competition. Digital equipment told its prospects why they ought to buy a mini computer, not a deck mini computer. In the early days, Hertz sold a rent-a-car service. Coca-Cola sold refreshment. The marketing programs of both companies were more effective back then. Yet most companies are brand-oriented. They think brands. They talk brands. They promote brands when they should be focused on categories. Ask yourself, what category can we be first in? After you have invented a category, you can spend all your efforts promoting the merits of the category. You're the leader and you can sit back and enjoy all the benefits of leadership. Three, the law of the mind. It's better to be first in the prospect's mind than to be first in the marketplace. Dumont invented the first commercial television set. Durier introduced the first automobile and Hurley introduced the first washing machine. All are gone. Is something wrong with the law of leadership? No, but the law of the mind modifies the law of leadership. It's better to be first in the mind than it is to be first in the marketplace, which, if anything, understates the importance of being first in the mind. Being first in the mind is everything in marketing. Being first in the marketplace is important only to the extent that it allows you to get into the mind first. For example, IBM wasn't first in the marketplace with a mainframe computer. Remington was first with Univac. But thanks to a massive marketing effort, IBM got into the mind first and won the computer battle early. The law of the mind follows from the law of perception. If marketing is a battle of perception, not product, then the mind takes precedence over the marketplace. Thousands of would-be entrepreneurs are tripped up every year by this law. Someone has an idea or a concept they believe will revolutionize an industry, as well it may. The problem is getting the idea or concept into the prospect's mind. The conventional solution to the problem is money. That is, the resources to design and build product or service organizations plus the resources to hold press conferences, attend trade shows, run advertisements, and conduct direct mail programs. Unfortunately, this gives rise to the perception that the answer to all marketing questions is the same, money. Not true. More money is wasted in marketing than in any other human activity outside of government activities, of course. Once someone else gets into your prospect's mind, you can't take away their position with money alone. You can't change a mind once a mind is made up. Wang was first in word processors, but the world passed them by and went on to computers. Wang, however, wasn't able to make the transition. In spite of spending millions of dollars promoting their personal and mini computers, Wang is still perceived as a word processor company. Xerox was the first in copiers and then tried to get into the computer business. 25 years and $2 billion later, Xerox has made very little progress in computers. You want to change something in a computer? Just type over or delete the existing material. You want to change something in a mind? Forget it. Once a mind is made up, it rarely, if ever, changes. The single most wasteful thing you can do in marketing is to try to change a human mind. 
If you want to make a big impression on another person, you cannot worm your way into their mind and then slowly build up a favorable opinion over a period of time. The mind doesn't work that way. You have to blast your way into the mind. The reason you blast instead of worm is that people don't like to change their minds. Once they perceive you one way, that's it. They kind of file you away in their minds as a certain type of person. You cannot become a different person in their minds. The only way to change that perception is to become a different kind of person in someone else's mind so that the majority overwhelms the minority. If one finds they are out of touch with the majority, they will sometimes change their mind. But you haven't changed their mind. Other people have. One of the mysteries in marketing is the role of money. One day a few dollars can work a major miracle. The next day millions of dollars can't save a company from going under. When you have an open mind to work with, even a small amount of money can go a long way. Apple got off the computer ground with $91,000 contributed by Mike Markula. Today Apple is not only a survivor, but also the leading brand of home personal computer. Apple's problem of getting into the mind was helped by its simple, easy-to-remember name. On the other hand, Apple's competitors had complicated names which were difficult to remember. In the early days, five personal computers were in position on the launching pad. Apple II, Commodore PET, IMSA 8080, MITS Altair 8800, and the Radio Shack TRS-80. Ask yourself, which name is the simplest and easiest to remember? And then ask Commodore, IMSA, MITS, and Radio Shack why they didn't give their products a simple...